Welcome back to the Finley Capital Podcast. My name is Logan Ricchetti. As always, this podcast is sponsored by the Hard Money Handbook. You can go to www.hardmoneyhandbook.com to download a free report to learn how to use hard money loans to fund your real estate deals. Also brought to you by the Facebook group, Powered by Private. If you are a real estate investor that wants to learn more about how to use private capital to fund your deals, or if you would like to learn more about how to deploy your own private capital into real estate deals, that's the group that you want to be in. Powered by Private on Facebook. Today, I want to talk about how to allocate your investor capital as a real estate uh, private lender, and also, you know, how the differences in private capital allocation can be advantageous to both you as the operator and to your capital investor partners. At Finley Capital, we have basically three different types of capital, and again, these are just names that I've made up. Other lenders and other companies have different names for these, but the first one is called co-lender loans. That's the first type of capital that we use and deploy. We have what, what I call promissory notes. And then we have what I call basically just fund investments. So fund subscriptions. I'm going to go through each one of these types of capital, the pros and cons of using each type of capital. And, you know, basically just give you an idea of how capital gets deployed into loans and how the accounting and the, and the, and the tracking of all these loan fractions gets managed. Because if you are going to be a private lender, or if you are a private lender and you are trying to scale up your capital base so you can build and grow, so you can help more investors, help more borrowers and things like that, then you really want to pick a strategy of how you're going to raise capital and how you're going to manage the capital that you raise. There's no right or wrong answer. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. And after almost 250 loans now, I have started to get a handle on what type of capital I prefer and why. Like I said, no right or wrong answer. There's risks and rewards, ups and downs, benefits and cons, pros and cons. But basically, each type of capital is structured in such a way that has you know some uniqueness to it. So Let's start with co-lender loans. So basically co-lender loans 101 here. First of all, let's let's back up. Let's talk about Finley Capital as the entity that originates these loans. So Finley Capital is the company that goes out and does marketing, attracts borrowers, the borrowers send us loan applications, we process, underwrite, and then approve those loans. We build them all up, we build the loan documents, we build the mortgage, the promissory note, the guarantee, all that stuff, and then we actually fund the loans. So on the day that the loan is ready to go, we take money out of our operating account and we fund that deal. And in exchange for that deal, we get signed promissory note documents, signed mortgage documents back. So we trade capital for promises to repay the capital. And then those promises to repay the capital move on to the Finley Capital balance sheet. So if you think about Finley Capital as a company, it has cash and it has loans receivable. Those are the assets of the balance sheet. So if we fund a $100,000 loan, then cash goes down by 100 and accounts receivable, loans receivable goes up by 100,000. And that's how they are tracked on the balance sheet before they get distributed out to any of these other vehicles that we're about to discuss. So just in your mind, think about how that works. Cash on the balance sheet gets reduced, loans receivable on the balance sheet gets increased. If we're talking about co-lender loans, this is a type of loan in which one or more capital investor partners actually purchases an interest, a fraction of that loan that we just funded. For example, let's just keep it real simple. Let's say it's a $100,000 loan 
and a capital investor wants to purchase that loan and take it over. Basically, what, what happens in that case is we take this set of loan documents and we sell it or we assign it to the investor. So the investor says, I have 100,000, I like that loan, I wanna buy an interest, I want you to assign me the interest that you have in that mortgage over to me. And so we do a trade. So we trade the loan docs for, for the capital. So now on the Finley Capital balance sheet, what happens? Cash goes back up by 100, and then loans receivable goes down by 100. And on the investor balance sheet, his or her cash goes down by 100 and loans receivable goes up by 100. Why would we do that? That's a good question. Why would Finley Capital do that? Why would the co-lender investor do that? Well, here's why. For Finley Capital, when we assign a loan to an investor, number one, we recapitalize. So that 100,000 that we deployed out into the loan, we get it back. So now we get to go take that 100,000 to make a new loan with it. And we make fees when we make a new loan. So that's a benefit in and of itself. When we recapitalize that money, we get to go loan it again and make more fees. Number two, now Finley Capital, in theory, does not have the loan risk of that particular loan because we have assigned it to the investor. So now we do not have to, if that loan does not repay for some reason, if it defaults for some reason, we are no longer financially liable for that loan. Now it doesn't mean that we don't have liability and we don't doesn't mean we don't have responsibility to manage that because we do, but we don't have the liability of it anymore. In exchange for trading that liability, we're also trading the interest from that, lo that loan. So again, that's what the borrower, that's what the investor is buying. He's buying the lie, he's trading the liability for the expected interest rate return, which is what you do in any investment. You trade liability for expectation of return, risk for return. So that's obviously the second reason for a company like Finley Capital to assign a co-lender loan is that we are trading the liability in exchange for trading the interest, the upside and the downside. But because we are going to service that loan on behalf of that co-lender, we are going to stay the front-facing consumer-based you know, front we're going to do what's called servicing, lending and servicing. So we have a lending and servicing agreement which says that in exchange for managing the deal, dealing with the draws, dealing with the borrower, dealing with the repayment and the title company and all the other stuff involved with the active operations of that loan, we're gonna charge a, a servicing fee for doing that. In other words, when we assign this co-lender loan to this investor, he or she will take that loan at a rate of interest that's a little bit less than the actual note rate of interest. The spread, if you will, the difference between the purchased rate and the actual note rate is called the servicing spread. And that's a an income, it's like a commission almost, that Finley Capital earns for the service of managing, for assigning, offering the opportunity and managing the deal until it gets repaid. So that's a benefit for Finley Capital for sell, another benefit for selling the loan is we get that, we retain that servicing spread in exchange for losing the risk and losing most of the interest. We, we still get some interest for managing the deal and servicing the deal. So it's still in our best interest as the lender to do that. Now, obviously we don't want to assign a loan out to another co-lender if we don't have to, because we would love to keep that interest coming into the business because it's more interest. But when you are trying to grow and you're trying to recapitalize your balance sheet and move things around, that's how you can do that as the lender is you originate the loan, you make some fees, and then you assign the loan to the co-lender and you still retain some servicing spread income. So you're making income while you're able to recycle capital and grow. Now for the co-lender, it's a great deal because the co-lender gets to buy or assign, purchase an interest in a deal that's already been packaged up with a nice pretty bow on it, wrapped and delivered under the Christmas tree. So this investor gets a great interest rate, hopefully, you know, if everything goes right, and he or she does not have to do all the work 
of building the infrastructure, the business, the marketing network, the channels, the, you know, the infrastructure, all the stuff that goes into making this loan actually fund, the investor gets to skip all that. And part of that servicing spread that he or she allows Finley Capital to earn for managing the loan is to compensate Finley Capital and reward Finley Capital for providing that opportunity to the co-lender. From the co-lender standpoint, the other main benefit other than just being able to buy into a loan that's already been managed and already been structured and funded is their capital is now secured against a piece of collateral that has recorded lien instruments that they are now the beneficiaries of. So what that means is if you're a co-lender and you purchase a loan from a company like Finley Capital, you're basically purchasing that security interest, which protects your collateral in the event of a problem. In other words, if there's a problem with this loan being repaid, then that capital is at least protected by that piece of real estate. So that mitigates a lot of the risk of the loss of this particular type of investment. The fact that you actually have some collateral that your investment is tied to, that in the worst case scenario, you through Finley Capital as your servicing agent, can go through a process to recover that asset, which will then reimburse your capital theoretically. So it's a great investment from the standpoint of not having to do a lot of work, still getting really good risk-adjusted return, and having your capital secured against a piece of collateral that minimizes your chance of your loss, or at least partial or total loss. So that's why it's a good deal between Finley Capital and a co-lender. So that's the first type of capital. I like that capital. I like that structure. The downside for Finley Capital of managing co-lender loans, and we have about 3 million in co-lender loans right now, it can be very confusing to the capital investor what the balance of their capital investment is. And I'll give you an example. I had one that put in $50,000 once and we pre paid some interest and then the loan repaid early. And so now the balance of the capital investors return of principal was less than 50,000. So he thought he lost money because he didn't realize that we had paid him some interest up front. And then the balance of the repayment had his principal balance being less than 50,000. So then I took that 49,000 and change and I reinvested it, redeployed it into another co-lender loan for him. And he got some payments and some payments and some payments. And then when that loan was up, kind of the same thing, the balance was less than the initial 500,000 because of the way the payments had been sent out. So it gets confusing when you're a capital investor. If you put in $50,000, you expect your rate of return. And then when you're done, you expect to get 50,000 back. The co-lender loans can be confusing and can be difficult to track from a dollars standpoint when you go from deal to deal to deal. And that's why I don't really like the co-lender model. Uh, that's one of the reasons I don't like it is that that constant interruption of even numbers on the loans, it makes it complicated. The other reason I don't love the co-lender model is that I constantly as the operator have to be moving capital from deal to deal. So just the other day, I just I think yesterday we had a co-lender loan get repaid, which is great, but it's great and it's not great because now the 100 grand comes in, you have three co-lenders on that deal, 30,000, 30,000 or 40,000 or whatever. So now I have three people I have to call and say, hey, your $40,000 came back in, what would you like to do? And now there's another decision that has to be made. And usually they say, well, put it into a new loan. So now we got to do a new loan stock set. We got to go over a new deal. got to go over a new file. I got to manage that capital and find a good place to put it. They got to agree to it. So there's a lot of communications and conversations that have to happen. There's a lot of new paperwork that has to happen. And then there's a lot of accounting that has to happen because now we got to shift that balance of whatever their principal is, 39,800 or 40,200, whatever that is, and move it into a new loan, start applying new interest to that new loan. Their payments now change. The frequency of their payments now change because they're not going to get a payment on that new loan until that 
payment due date for that particular loan. So it's not very linear. So there's nothing wrong with being a co-lender if you understand the irregularity of the payments and the and the transfers of capital and all that stuff. It's just a little murky. So you got to really have a good spreadsheet system on your end if you're going to be a co-lender. I got a co-lender right now with several million dollars in co-lender loans with me through two different entities. And he's got a really good spreadsheet where he tracks every payment every month. And I help them by we, my accountant and controller presents all the information every month and he gets it, but it can be a little tough. So that's the downside of co-lender loans. Now let's talk about the promissory note model. This is uh, my favorite and my least favorite model for raising capital and deploying it because there are benefits and, and drawbacks. So the promissory note model is exactly what you think it is. It's the investor lends money to the company and the company gives the investor a promissory note, a promise to repay back that loan with interest. And over a period of time. So we do nine month loans because those are exempt from being considered securities or exempt from registration or whatever. And I can make those, I think legally based on all the uh, research we've done. So these are, these are short term notes and they have a fixed rate of return and they have a guarantee. So that's a little different is I have personally guaranteed that I will repay these promissory notes back with my personal wealth, my personal guarantee. So from that standpoint, they're strong. And if, as long as you believe in the, you know, the operator that you're making a promissory note to, you trust that person, they will repay you. So those notes are a little bit lower interest than some of the other models because that personal guarantee and that promise to repay, in my mind, lowers the risk a little bit, or at least it makes the the trade more it needs to be more profitable for me to be able to make that promise to repay the loans. The benefit of a promissory note for an investor is simply that they know when their payment's going to come in every month. They know the term of their loan. They know when it's going to end as opposed to a co-lender loan when the ending of those loans is really based on when the loan gets repaid by the borrower. Whereas a promissory note has a start date and an end date and has payments in between. And you know what they are. You know what day they're going to be coming in. They come in through bill pay and that's it. So they're very simple. They're very easy to understand and they're very passive. You just put it in. We set you up. Click, 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 payment, 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 boom, 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 done. So from that standpoint, from logistical standpoint, they're the easiest to have as a, an investor. They're the simplest to understand as an investor. It's a couple page note with a guaranteed doc. It's real simple and it's easy. Now, the downside for a promissory note from the investor standpoint is there's no secured collateral. So what that means is they're making a loan to an individual, an entity through an individual or an individual through an entity, if you will, but their capital is not necessarily secure to any piece of real estate, like it would be in a co-lender loan. So what that means is there is not a lot of control or not a lot of transparency, if you will, between the capital and where it goes. So what you're doing, if you're making a promissory note to a company is you're hoping, you're praying, you're believing and trusting that that operator is going to take that capital and make loans with it and make profitable loans with it. And if he or she doesn't, then he or she might be in trouble repaying you. If he or she takes the money and runs out to Vegas, you're in big trouble. It's hard to get the money back if your operator takes it and doesn't operate the correct way. So that's the risk of having a promissory note is that the operator doesn't perform and can't pay you back for whatever reason, either through incompetence or fraud or whatever. There's risk on that side of it for the capital investor is that the operator is not going to perform well or is going to do something unethical. So that's the risk there. On the uh, Finley Capital side, the beauty of the promissory notes for the operator is the freedom to operate. I got about five, I think five or six million, I think five million right now in promissory notes. That money comes into the operating account and I deploy it any way I see fit. I promise to repay it to the capital investors. I pay them their interest and then I deploy it 
and hopefully I do great loans and hopefully we make great money and there's no problem paying everybody back. And obviously through two and a half years, that's where we are. We've been doing great. The reason that the operator loves it is the control, the freedom to just say, hey, here's, I got 800,000 in the operating account. I got 800,000 pending loans. These are the loans I like. I'm gonna fund these loans and go. I don't have to ask anybody for permission. I don't have to show everybody the file. I don't have to say, hey, what do you think of this one? Are you okay with this? No, I have the control. I make the decisions. I deploy the capital and there's nobody else overseeing me or bothering me that I need to check with for approval. Okay. That's why I like it as Finley Capital as the, as the lender is we have the control. What I don't like about the promissory notes is the obligation to repay the notes every month. So what that means is if I have $5 million in investor capital and they're all expecting their payments every month, I have to make them. Regardless of whether I do a loan or not, the capital investors have to be paid. And guess what? If I have a loan that goes bad and I'm not getting paid interest on that loan until I can work out a deal with that borrower, or if I have to, God forbid, go through a whole foreclosure process and take that property back, promissory note borrowers don't really care. They just want to be paid. So I have to pay them no matter what. Click, 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 pay, 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 pay. So what that does is it creates a little bit of urgency and stress on behalf of the operator because if you have $5 million in, in loans that you have to pay a monthly payment every month, 30, 40, 50,000, whatever it is, that money's going out of your bank account whether you earn more income or not. So it creates urgency to make loans and that can add stress and that can add bad decisions into your underwriting standards because you're looking at your loan pipeline and saying, hey, well, boy, these aren't the best loans, but I still got to make them because I got to make money because I got to pay interest to my investors. So that's the downside of having promissory note it's on your balance sheet is there's urgency. You have to make loans. You have to make revenue because you have to pay your capital investors either way. Or if you don't make loans, if you have a bad month where your loan volume is low, guess what? You're going to lose money that month because you're going to pay your investors no matter what. Upside, downside to the promissory note model. Some people think it's crazy to personally guarantee you know, millions of dollars. I don't think it's crazy because I have the portfolio. So I know the collateral there is supports that debt. If I have 5 million in promissory notes, I probably have eight or $9 million in collateral value because of the way we're structuring these loans. So worst case scenario, I could always pay everybody back because the value of the, the, the balance sheet and the value of the assets on the balance sheet exceeds the cost of the, or the, the balance of the promissory notes by a mile. So it would be hard to unwind the whole portfolio if I had to pay everybody back in three months, but I could do it which is why I'm willing to take on promissory note risk and guarantee the, the notes because I know I have the portfolio to back it up. And because if those notes are lower in rate than say a co-lender loan or the fund loan, whatever, now the spread is higher. So the profit for Finley Capital for on every dollar raised and deployed, the, the spread, if you will, is much higher. So it makes the, the risk worth, you know, the juice worth the squeeze. Okay, so we've talked about co-lender loans, promissory notes. Now let's talk about the fund. And this is not a solicitation for the fund, but I'm just trying to explain how it works. Right now I have about 3 million in co-lender loans, about 5 million in promissory notes, and we have about 3 million in the fund. So the fund is kind of like a hybrid model of the co-lender loan and the promissory note. The way the fund works is accredited investors make subscriptions. So they make investments into the fund. And what that means, it's kind of like a co-lender loan and a promissory note kind of meshed up into one because... They put the money into the fund and then the fund assigns notes from Finley Capital and actually some other lenders too, but mainly from Finley Capital. So Finley Capital will originate a loan and then instead of assigning it to a co-lender, it assigns it to the fund, which acts as a co-lender. So it's the same model, the same process, originate the loan, assign it over to the fund, the fund takes money, moves the money over to Finley Capital in exchange for owning that loan. 
and then Finley Capital services that loan on behalf of the fund. The fund investment or the fund strategy, if you will, is a little different in that the benefit for the investor of that is they move into a fund that actually owns the loans, kind of like the co-lender would own the loan, but they now they own many, many, many loans. So 20, 30, 40 loans at a time. So the fund is the lien holder now because they the loans get assigned into the fund. So the fund owns them and the fund investors own the fund. By extension, the fund investors actually own the loans. So that is a benefit of by, of investing in this particular type of fund is that the fund actually owns the loans and the investors actually own the fund. As opposed to the promissory notes, the promissory note investors do not own Finley Capital. Finley Capital owns the loans. All the fund uh, or the promissory note investor has is a promise from the, from the entity, but they don't own the entity that owns the actual notes. The fund actually owns the notes and the capital investors in the fund own the fund. So that's really a very interesting difference. The fund investors have a little bit more diversification than a co-lender does because a co-lender now has all his capital on one deal. If that deal goes bad, there's a problem. He's going to have to wait for his capital to come back. Whereas in the fund, if there's 20 or 30 or 40 deals going on, if there's a problem with one deal, it usually gets absorbed or at least you know mitigated through the diversification of having multiple deals in the fund at once. Diversification risk mitigation by having multiple deals that your capital is deployed into through the fund instrument. The other nice thing about the fund is it has a, what we call a PREF, a preferred rate of return for the capital investors. Similar to the uh, promissory notes and kind of similar to the co-lender deals in that, not exactly, but in that basically the profitability of the fund is based on its performance, but the distribution of the profit of the fund is based on a preferred rate of return system. So what that means is, I don't want to get too detailed into it, but the capital investors get their projected, their you know, their targeted rate of return first before the operator of the fund, who happens to be me, makes any money on the difference between what we buy for the notes and what we pay out in the targeted return, which is effectively like the servicing spread. The capital investors, if the fund performs well, they get paid before anybody else that runs the fund or operates the fund gets paid. So there's an alignment of interest there by having that fund structure set up that way, which is why I set it up that way. There's a lot of different ways to run capital. You can have co-lender loans, you can have promissory notes, and you can build a fund. Each of them have their benefits and their risks, but you gotta figure out which way to go. Have a good day, go get them.